0: right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops
3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
4: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app. By searching FSR.
5: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Well, welcome. It's Doug Gottlieb Show live here at Dallas Cowboys training camp, completing our training camp tour for the uh, one to third consecutive year. We've gotten a chance to see the Rams in person, defending NFC champions. Uh, the Chargers in person, team that tied for the best record. In uh, in the AFC last year and lost to the New England Patriots in the second round of the playoffs. And the Dallas Cowboys, who of course are some people's preseason favorites to reach the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And of course, they're without their star running back, they have their star quarterback. They're looking to re-sign him and his wide receiver. There's a lot going on with the Dallas Cowboys, we'll we'll jump into. Uh, by the way, we're gonna catch up with Jason Witten, who of course retired for one season then came out of retirement he's back with the pokes we'll get his sense of all the things that are the same all the things that have changed in his one year away from not just cowboys but oxnard uh, what's this training camp like for him uh, we'll talk some broadcasting do a little bit of everything with with jason Witten. plus we got some andrew luck for you um, how the pittsburgh steelers have won the weekend with the wild and zaniness that's going on out in oakland Uh, the NCAA doing a quality backpedal. Like, we got a lot of of stuff to get to, plus some preseason thoughts. We get ready for week two of the preseason. But, But let's start where we are here, the Dallas Cowboys. So yesterday, the story leaks that Dak Prescott has reportedly turned down a deal that's worth 30 a year because he wants 40 a year. Now, in fairness, it's all negotiation, right? Like, you can throw out any sort of number, and this used to happen with Scott Boris clients. I mean, heck, even happened this past off season with Bryce Harper. Did the Phillies actually get a deal? Well, no, they spent over $300 million, but there was thoughts that he would make $500 million. So I guess maybe, maybe that's a deal. The issue with, with Dak Prescott is really this, is we're sitting here on the precipice of a season— one which he still will be uh, undercompensated based upon what his job normally pays. And that, by the way, is supposedly the Cowboys' fault. Like right? Like the Cowboys nailed the draft. Dak Prescott got a DUI before the draft. And because Dak Prescott was sloppy and at times inaccurate in spite of having an incredibly successful co- uh, college career at Mississippi State, like it's the Cowboys' fault? Like they have to repay him? Because he was Johnny on the spot when Tony Romo goes down with injury and his backup goes down with an injury and he gets an opportunity. Like, uh, uh, okay, Uh, I guess. I I don't frankly understand that logic. I always thought that the thing about the NFL and the NFL's contracts, which were great, is they paid you, usually they pay you based upon what they think you are worth during the time in which you're playing for that team. Right? Like baseball, sometimes they pay you for for the past, and they pay you way too much, too long into the future, and you don't live up to it. NFL contracts, while people tell you they aren't guaranteed, usually it's the first year, two, three years that are guaranteed, and that's really the meat of where you're gonna be successful. Quarterbacks, obviously, is the exclusion. But if I'm the Cowboys, this is such a risk worth taking if he wants to walk from it. If he wants to walk with the idea of, hey, overpay me, by five or six million dollars to get to 30 isn't enough. I want you to overpay me by 10 or 15 million dollars. Is like, I'm the Cowboys. I'm okay with that. And look, Dak has done the right thing. Unlike Zeke, not showing it. Like, you want to lead, you want to be the Cowboys quarterback, you have to be here because you put yourself in an impossible situation to live up to any contract if you no show on camp. Uh, running backs, obviously a little, little different, but you do run the risk at least of soft tissue injury, of not being yourself, not being sharp. And by the way, cost your team games, which is the ultimate selfishness in, in the team game. But but I, I look at this and I say, if I'm the Cowboys, I don't have to pay you for the first couple years in which you were underpaid. Don't have to. I, I may, out of the goodness of my heart, and honestly, getting to $30 million is, is overpaying. Um, and and this is not a I'm overpaying, based upon the fact that he's not just an elite quarterback. I think you're overpaying because the key to the Cowboys' rise to prominence, they had a great quarterback, they had a great wide receiver, they had a great tight end, they've had good running backs. The difference is the depth of talent, the offensive line, and on the defense, and that has been able that that has been allowed based upon their ability to spread the wealth. Like we're all paying attention to the same thing, right? There's one pool of money, and if you put too much into Dak's basket, you have to eliminate something else, and if you eliminate that one other thing, he might not he's not good enough to carry you. Romo was, but even if Romo and I think he's better quarterback just more brittle obviously. But even Romo couldn't win because he didn't have the defense around him. Just didn't. Never had the, when they had the defense, they were a playoff team. When they didn't, they weren't. Really that simple. So I can like Dak. I can understand and respect that he wants to be paid and overcompensated based upon the fact he was undercompensated to be a starting quarterback on a team that twice uh, won the division. Fine. We also know that he's not the reason they won the division, right? Like we're all being realistic about this. They weren't going to win the division, and then the Washington Redskins lost not one but both of their quarterbacks because they broke their ankle, broke their leg. Carson Wentz got hurt coming off an ACL. And the New York Giants have been an abject and complete disaster riding out this wave of Eli Manning. Like, they, yes, you can sit there and go like, well, they won their division. They did. But the Redskins were actually winning the division. When, oh yeah, by the way, the Cowboys went and traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. You know? This is... This feels like, it feels like politics. I'll never forget this. I was, um, I still at times appear in Oklahoma City on a sports radio station there. And before President Obama was elected, there's a guy named Jim Traber, he does afternoons there. Hardcore right winger. And I sat down next to him and we're talking on air about the upcoming political season. And I said, well, a Democrat's going to win. He's like, well, why, 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 why do you say that? You know, he he got really hot and bothered. And I said, look, this is politics, how it works, right? Like we swing to the right, everybody on the left gets empowered, tells you everything that's wrong. with what's, to, And then we swing to the left and then it becomes too much to the left and too all about, you know, almost pitched as socialism and trying to fix everything and help everybody and business kind of locks down, doesn't spend any money. Then we swing to the right. It's a, it's a cycle of over and over and over again we keep doing it. In relationships, you have cycles, right? In, 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 in coaching, how many times you had a coach? If you have an offensive coach, he gets fired, what's the next guy going to be? Defensive coach, right? If the guy before is inexperienced, the next guy is going to have wh- a ton of experience. And if you hire like an old head that's got a ton of experience, the next – look at the Rams. Look at the Rams. Who did they hire? They went from hiring Jeff Fisher, who's been doing it forever, super boring, super solid. Nobody says anything bad. Nobody says anything great. He's not super innovative, but he does a good job. Like, I remember Jeff Fisher, you know, he's moved a team before. That was a big thing when they were with the Rams. Like, he's moved a team before. Like He's not a mover. He's not a realtor. He's a football coach. How good a football coach is he? But they went from that to the most dynamic offensive mind, the youngest coach in the league. Right, that's what people do. That's how the pendulum swings. So here with the with the with the cowboy, excuse me, that's what it feels like. You go from massively underpaying Dak Prescott to massively overpaying Dak Prescott, and what comes with it, you lose some pieces. Your assumption is he's a league quarterback. He's making a league quarterback money. Right? Don't believe me, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is the same quarterback he was before he got hurt. After he got hurt, before he won the Super Bowl, after he got hurt, what changed in Baltimore? They won a Super Bowl. He got a big contract. People's expectations of him changed. So, uh, whether it's dating or coaching or or playing, we the pendulum swings. And I feel like we know the Cowboys are ultimately going to give in and going to ultimately relent because that's kind of their modus operandi, which is they try and be a super player friendly as possible, they love their guys even more than you love their guys. But I do think they're actually in a great spot here. If he wants to bet on himself fine. in the meantime, worry about other deals. know you got da- know you got D- got Da oh yeah, happens, but I think that's what should actually happen. We'll catch up with Jason Witten, who's basically like a ring of honor dude who came out of retirement to come play for the Cowboys. How does his body feel? How is the offense? It's a different offense than the one he played in last time. And uh, we'll get his sense of how Dak looks now as opposed to when he played with Dak during his rookie and Dak's second season. That's upcoming next. Live from Dallas Cowboys training camp, this is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be
5: sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to Tyreq.com/sports to see the Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tyreq.com/sports. tyrack.com The way tire buying should be. We roll on here on the Doug Gottlieb Show fox sports radio coming to you live from dallas cowboys training camp getting ready to listen to jason garrett speak live uh but uh, what a pleasure it is to catch up with one of the all-time great dallas cowboys who was getting ready for the ring of honor coronation i guess <laughs> and instead to say you know let's let's go back and let's let's run it back let's do it again jason Witten, from wearing the star to the booth to back wearing a star how you doing i'm doing well man enjoying every day i think uh been a lot of fun and
6: this is always a good time you know i mean it's a grind as you all well know but it's also a good time when the team comes together you know and you, you when you go through the journey you think back at these moments so if that's been a good two weeks obviously we got a lot to improve on
4: well look there's a, there's a ton i want to ask you about but first i guess how does your body feel like right? because there is shape and then there's football shape yeah. right and to those of us who have played sports like. You could even, like, football, you can't really play with your boys, but you can go play basketball, but then you go and have, like, a real workout. Yeah. And your body, like, how, how are you now a couple of weeks in?
6: I, I feel good, you know. I mean, I feel like I'm always hesitant to say that because all old players, you know, as they're at the, towards the end of their career, like, ah, oh, this is the best I felt. This is the best I felt. Um and truly, I think that year off helped me, and then making the decision in March was, was huge because now I got the entire offseason, season. Up, yeah. and I felt like I was building towards this, you know, and so I haven't had a moment this entire off season, especially this training camp where I'm like, dang, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day, you know, this is going to be a grinder. I uh, haven't felt that, and that's probably what it was so hard when I did retire, I mean, I, I I didn't feel like oh, I can't produce, I can't win on one-on-one matchups. I mean, I know what my role is within this offense and convert some third downs and make some first downs and help this team win some games. So uh, I'm fortunate that I play a position for whatever drop-off I probably have had in, over the course of my career. You know, my game was never really built on those certain things, and so I feel confident that you know I can play just as well as I've as I've ever played, and whatever role that is, it'll work itself yeah, out. Yeah, it's
4: Antonio Gates. You know, we talk, we do the Chargers camp every year. Yeah. We talk to them, and you know, last year this time he was sitting out. And they're like, look, you know, at some point tight end, you're not built on speed. You're right. It's about understanding angles and and reading the defense, and you know, like just catch it where it's thrown to you, and and relationship wise, if you could do it again, would you? <laughs>
6: Uh, that's the the ultimate question. You know, I mean, I, uh, I've i tried really hard in my life never to like look back. I mean, there's been challenges in my entire life to never look back. And, and honestly, I learned a lot yeah. last year through that experience. So um, I, I'd say no, you know, I mean, in, in the fact of, if you told me that, that was going to be my last football game and, and I didn't know I was going to have this opportunity again, then I'd say, yes, I made a mistake because I was not ready to retire. I was not ready to stop competing. I was not ready to um, winning and losing matter to me still. I felt like there was something in me I could give to a football team. And so if I, if I didn't have this opportunity again on the other side, then yeah, it was the wrong decision because my heart wasn't ready to give it up. Um, but knowing that, I think I'm a better player having gone through that season and the experience in the booth
4: why what, what, what did you what did you learn from not playing from from going around the league watching was it eight training camps yeah. and then you know going to all the sites what what do you what did you pick up?
6: Well, I think the first thing is just internally you know the old saying you don't know what you got till it's gone I mean the fact of how much I love this game and I truly I mean, if you ask my teammates over the course I mean I was a guy that really tried to master his craft every day, so not from the moments of that but you know, you're so engulfed in being the best, you know, that sometimes you don't take a step back and smell the roses a little bit. Um, but but then that, that would be the first part of having another opportunity and enjoying every part of that process that goes into it. And however long it lasts, you know, nobody knows. It's a, it's a show me game and, and I gotta be able to produce. Um, but going to these other teams and seeing how they put together a team and do that in an unemotional way. You know, people always say like, when you're evaluating players or teams, well, you always – most people have a jaded perspective when they're doing it. And right. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity, Monday Night Football, to go in there and really pull back kind of have a 30,000-foot view of it and say, like, you know, people would always form narratives on it. And, like, you're able to kind of say, well, no, really what they were trying to do was this. And, and a great example of that was first game I called was the Oakland Raiders and against the Rams last year, week one. And so I kind of was hearing the hype of Sean McVay, and to see, him, I'm like, wow, these are things that he does really well, and it paid off for him. But then on the Oakland side of it, they traded Cleo Mac right before that first week, so I got to hear Oakland side of it. You know, John Gruden, uh, the ownership of why they traded that away, what they felt like they got, and then the next week he called the Bears. And now you're hearing their perspective of their coaching staff and their general manager say, well, this is why we made that trade. And you catch yourself and like, man, that's interesting. What would I have done in that situation? And so from an overwhelming, like, football knowledge and understanding – uh, it's a great perspective, and now I bring that back
4: of how can I apply that and help it, help our football team. You had a gap year at 36 years <laughs> old, right? Like you had a gap year, you got to go kind of study abroad, if you will. That's Jason right. Witten joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here live at Dallas Cowboys training camp. When you left, uh, Dak had come off. I think what would people would see him a disappointing year, but a hard year, right? Because. He and Des, Des was seemingly aging, and there was some frustration there in terms of them, their inability to connect in comparison to how he and Tony always connected. It was also the year where Zeke was suspended, and you guys fell off when he missed six games. Um, and, you know, there were some other injuries and some other issues that led to you not having a great year. Fast forward now, what is it, uh, two years later. Yeah. And now you're in training camp, and now Dak's been the guy. He's obviously in a contract renegotiating, but just as a player and playing within his offense and in a new offense, that's yeah. one thing that's lost is it's a new offense. What is Dak like now in comparison to how he was two years ago?
6: Well, the first thing I would say is just, I mean, he's always been, since minute one he got here, off the charts with all the intangibles. I mean, when you say teammates would run through a wall for him, every guy in that locker room does, would do that. And, and that matters. That matters in today's game. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people just say give me the best players and get out of the way. I, I really believe that that part matters to your football team. And then offensively, I think he just, his understanding I mean, he's performed at a high level, right? I mean, he's made the playoffs two out of three seasons that he's been the quarterback, nine and seven the other year. So he's produced at a high level. I mean, his record speaks for itself. But I just think when you talk about mastering your craft, it's all the things that go into of splits, alignment, tempo in and out of the huddle. But then his ability to kind of anticipate throws the velocities he's throwing it. Hey, I'm trying to get that to you sooner before that corner can unfold and make a play. So just coverage and anticipation of the, of the game. You know, it's a fast game, certainly a quarterback. I think the best ones throw you open. Yeah. They, they see it beforehand. They understand risk first reward and, and, uh, So his ability to create and do all these things outside the pocket, I think, speaks for itself. He's definitely a winner from that standpoint. But I'm talking inside the pocket, his understanding of this offense and demanding everybody else perform at a higher level, uh, I I think is off the charts. It's always been at a high level, but I can see huge improvement.
4: What is the biggest difference in the offense?
6: Well, time will tell. But I think, um, you know, first thing I would say, I mean, the core of this offense is very similar. Um,
4: I, I think... We, which, which, is, which is what? Because last year, I'll just tell you how they spun it to us last yeah. year. Last year, we came here and they're like, "Look, this whole number one wide receiver thing, having an elite tight end, like we're just going to find the mismatch. Yeah, and we're going to we're going to have different formations and find the mismatch and pick and and obviously there just wasn't enough mismatches yeah. and they had to bring in Amari and I obviously didn't have you to fall back on. Um, but is the core of the off? Is it's running the football? Like, what's the core? When you say the core of the offense, yeah, the same. I, what is it? I,
6: I think it is the identity is to be a attacking offense that's established through its running game. You know, and what may be different now than probably you know the last years, a few years past, was I, I don't think that it always has to be run set up pass. I think it's like when you're going to attack you can pass, set up the run. You know, I mean, they do need to mirror each other and, and be married married up from the standpoint of runs look like pass, pass looks like run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very elementary from that standpoint. But I, I think, you know, what I think this offense understands is when you have this style of we're going to control the line of scrimmage, you know, run action, play action, downhill with Ezekiel Elliott, um, a handful of plays, you know, matter. You know, and I think when you look at when we won the time as possession, or I should say they last year, I think the record was like 8-0 when they won the time of possession uh, for the game. So that doesn't just mean running the football. I think it's an attacking offense when that happens. Uh, but within that formula, there has to be big plays that come into it. Explosives. You can't just think that you're going to go on 16-play, 80-yard drives, and right. we're not immune to that. And I think that's where Kellen comes in. I think Kellen's done a good job of – Attacking in certain situations, hey, they're doing this, we need to do this, adjusting off of it. So I I think when you look at the really good coordinators or play callers in this league and offenses as a whole, because it's not always just about the play caller, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes matters, you know, Tom Brady matters. I mean, different playmakers, Travis Kelsey, that matters. Um, But I think when you look at it, it's like there's four to six plays that are game-changing plays. You're not going to hit on all of them. But when I st- look at Sean McVay's system or I look at Andy Reid in and different offenses, in our offense at times, when it's performing at a high level, there's like these handful of plays that are like, they had no chance on that play, the right. defense. And I think that's where you're always trying to get back to. It starts with Amari Cooper. Obviously, it starts with the running game. We feel like we have weapons. Uh, and then you find in these wrinkles. I mean, Gallup's coming on in his second year. Um, Randall Cobb is a huge addition. You know, hopefully, I can convert some third downs. You know, Tony Pollard will be a new guy to that. So... I think that's the core of this offense. Kellen's feel of adjustments, how all that fits in. RPO games, a big part of that. Shifts in motions, hiding some of those looks is a big part of it. And then, you know, creating matchups, you know, to where we can take advantage of, of what the defense has given us. And people always say, like, well, you know, they don't know his tendencies yet, you know, like a new coordinator, it will right, right. be some new wrinkles. I mean, they'll find out. What, what people mean by that is what I'm trying to say is, like, what are those four to six plays look like when we
4: haven't seen them in the past, you know, and, and uh, hopefully they work out in a positive way for I us. I mean, is it exciting? I mean, is it be- because there, there's some new newness? I mean, he's, Kellen's obviously very young. Yeah. Comes, you know, Boise state and obviously spending time here in in the league. Like it it feels like there's a, like a little bit more of a creative look at some of the same things you've been trying to do.
6: Yeah. And I mean, you know, some of them are uh, sample sizes of it, you know I mean? You're not seeing a ton of it at different times. And I think it's, all going to involve it's always evolving, and you look what Andy Reid's done with that offense in Kansas City. So, um, I think it helps when you have really good players, yes. and then it starts with Dak's ability. I think he's just at another level with the throwing of the football and how he's creating these plays because you start throwing in zone reads and now RPOs and bootlegs outside the pocket, but then also you, you, you know, Amari Cooper's been great in the quick game. I mean, he's a hard matchup in one on one. So, I mean, all that kind of coming together, I think it's a powerful offense. But you can't just rely on, oh, we're good up front, we're going to win it, and Zeke's going to carry us there. I
4: mean, certainly Zeke's a huge part of that, but um, that's what you're trying to figure out. Speaking of speaking of Zeke, um, obviously not your first camp. Yeah. So not your first Dallas Cowboy camp with a holdout. <laughs> no question. Or with contract discussions. Does it in any way invade – the the meeting rooms that like all of this other talk, because i just tell you like Twitter airwaves and what we do, yeah. it's all we talk about. Yeah. What about w- within the insular world of the Dallas Cowboys? Do you guys hear or talk about it?
6: Very little. Does it affect your team? I mean, I think this team's unique in that guys genuinely care about others. So I mean, you know, obviously players want to get, see other players get paid and work out. Um, you know, it really hasn't been – it's been a non-issue for our football team. I mean, first off, I think camp's a time of individually, what can I improve on? Collectively, what can we improve on? And you know that's lingering out there and it's going through. But I don't know. I, I just – maybe it's just my confidence in this organization of like, hey, look, when they have a really good player and they say they want to try to get something done, it usually works out. Right. And, you know, it just makes sense. I mean, Zeke wants to be here. They want him here. Um you know, at some point it doesn't need to happen. You know what I mean? Like the further along this goes, I mean, I think we all need reps and no matter what kind of training, I trust that Zeke's doing a lot of good training. There's nothing like playing football. And uh, so you hope it's sooner than later, but really it's been a non-issue for our football team. And I think that starts with just kind of who those guys are. They're a big part of our team. I mean, nobody loves playing and practicing like Zeke does. You know, I mean, Dax here, Amari, how they approach it. So, kind of been a non-issue for us and and I, I think this team when you play for this organization you know it's the bright light. You, if you get caught up in every little thing that happens I mean you're never going to accomplish what you hope to and I mean he's a huge part of this football team
4: last thing how likely is this your last training camp
6: oh I don't know I mean I think he, at, at this point you know it's I didn't when I came back I never said okay I'm playing one year if we win the Super Bowl I'm done you know like that's not entered my mind I mean I've truly going back to the Monday night football, I never even thought about broadcasting, you know, just like, okay, you know, in real time, okay. you're, you're then in then that also situation. It happens. Things and, happens. Oh, yeah. you know, like,
4: I got to take this, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I
6: think 95% of the people would probably do the same exact 90, thing. 99. Yeah. Um, but so, look, nobody's standards for myself are higher than what I put on, uh, put on me, you know, and, and I think – when you approach it that way, it's like, you're going to know when it's time, you know, and it's like, as long as I can play at a high level, and that's a good question, you know, will you be able to perform at that level? I hear that a lot, and it's like, well, I'm trusting myself that I'm putting in that work that's going to allow me to be successful in that situation, so very much could be my last training camp, but also, you know, could keep it going, but regardless, um, I really try not to think about that, you know, and it's like, hey, go enjoy the day after you've gone through what I've been through as far as, like, retiring and then coming back, you know, just if there's one thing, it's it's kind of keep planting grass, you know, and like don't worry about all the other things going on. Just keep planting grass. And if you do that, the weeds will disappear.
4: Jason Witten, Dallas Cowboys, back in the star. Thanks so much. All right, appreciate it. Be
6: sure to catch live editions
5: of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
4: Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, l- let's catch up with one of the star offensive linemen from uh, – from um from the Dallas Cowboys of course uh last year he was suffering from a neurological disorder and now he's back and fully healthy and he's Travis Frederick he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio how you feeling I'm doing well how are you guys take me take me through kind of this journey for you
3: it's been a, a long journey very interesting you know it goes starts from figuring out what's going on and um kind of falling into into it and then trying to get better from it and recover from it and um, it's been a lot of time spent uh you know in the weight room and that and getting ready there, but also you know in the meeting rooms trying to help the guys out and and that and then uh you know, come back to training camp trying to figure out uh how to play ball again
4: you you mentioned the weight room and trying to get back to where you needed to be what was the how bad was it when you first got back after it
3: oh uh, I mean from the beginning it was like it was very bad like I was having a hard time walking, let alone lifting weights so um getting back in the weight room trying to do things you know you're you're lifting weights that i could have lifted when i was 10 years old um but you just kept pushing on it and pushing on it and taking what was you know what was given and as my body was recovering just taking a little bit more and then You know, getting back to uh, full strength.
4: When was the moment where you where you you really this is going to? Because everybody and I like you. Look, you wouldn't have pushed yourself if not for an indomitable will, right? Not unless you had that belief in yourself that you could come back. But there had to be a moment of affirmation, wasn't there? Where you're like, oh, this is this is going to be okay.
3: Things started to really take a turn right around bye week last year. Um, You know, I was kind of in a dark hole for a while there, but. Um, the recovery started, and uh, it, it started to make some bigger, sig- more significant gains. And I think that was the moment when I knew that I was at least going to get close back to, to full strength. Travis
4: Frederick joining us. Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so what's what's this group like as opposed to previous groups you played with?
3: You know, this is a, a great group of guys, and I'm really excited to be with them. Uh, not only f- from a team aspect but offensively and as an offensive line you know um, I've been really pleased with the with the work that uh, the offense has done you know with coach Moore coming in making a few changes um, and getting that all figured out um, the install's been clean it's been good and, and guys have really focused in on it and, and and try to take advantage of those changes so you know I'm excited to get out there you know in the regular season and, and get moving with it is it
4: is it challenging at all to not have your running back
3: you know i think that uh, most of our system is very similar to what we had been doing before that the changes are you know schematically uh, bigger fixtures type of stuff so a lot of the stuff is the same and and so our job in, as an offensive line is to block it a certain way, no matter who the runner is, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter what is going on in the wide receiver position as well. So for us, it doesn't really change anything at this point.
4: You, you mentioned Coach Moore. You have him. He's younger, but he's also a former quarterback. D- does that change in terms of his ability to understand what you have to do and how each play should be blocked?
3: Yeah, it's it's really interesting seeing the perspective from somebody that's that's been in it and seen it like that. Um, and, and very recently as well, you know, I, it was just a couple of years ago. I was sitting on the bench next to him, and uh, so that's always a that's a fun thing that you know we've seen the game together. He was played quarterback behind me, so we have an idea, um, and we're on the same page. And so when you have that sort of fresh experience, I think that that really helps in connecting with the quarterback, connecting with the young offense, and knowing uh, the challenges of today's you know NFL.
4: What about the challenges of the fact that you did play together, right? Like he, he's I'm not necessarily your boss but he is telling you what to do. Yeah. And you, you're like, look, we're contemporaries. What, what about that challenge?
3: You know, it's interesting, um, but it's also, it, it's it's kind of a weird dynamic because, you know, in the NFL, it's different than college. It's different than high school. When you're in high school, the coach is, is the end-all, be-all. When you're in college, uh, the coach is the boss. And, the, and and it's kind of that way here, but also um, it really is a team effort at all points. You know, the coaches have, have a specific job. The players have a job. The staff people have a job. The executives have a job. But we all feel like we're really on the same team and trying to work together. And I think uh, Coach Moore's done a great job of sort of embracing that and, and doing it as a team, taking input from the offensive line. Hey, hey, Trav, why don't we block it this way? Or what do you think about this? And I'll tell him, well, here's our challenge. We'd be happy to do it however you want to do it. Um, but this is the implication of, of that change. And so um, just by being able to have that conversation, it allows us to sort of expand and um, think about things in a different way.
4: Uh, last thing, uh, you know, we talked with Wit about, about Dak. And I asked him about the difference in you know, not being here last year and, and how much he's changed. Mm-hmm. Similarly for you, obviously, uh, with all of your challenges last year, it, it was time away from playing with him how is he different? How is he better? Is he worse in comparison to last time you're in training camp with him?
3: You know, it's hard for me to evaluate a quarterback on the quarterback position. Um, But what I can evaluate is the way that he leads the team, the way he carries himself, um, the way that the offense runs while he's in there. And all of those things seem just so much more comfortable. And uh, you know, um, all the gears are all sort of going in the same direction. Um, Whereas sometimes, you know, with younger guys, you know, it might be skipping a beat every once in a a while and I think that things have really he's really settled into the offense and feels really comfortable with it and uh you know it was it was really interesting for me to see him grow last year you know I was kind of on the sideline but I was still in it I was um as involved as as you can be for not being being out there on the field and um to see him grow um and be able to handle some of the protection stuff, and see a little bit more what the offensive line is seeing because I wasn't out there handling it. Um, I think that that really helped bridge the gap too between the quarterback and offensive line. And I, I think that as an offense, um, he's done a good job of bringing everybody together.
4: Really quickly, did you play? The backup lineman played like 62 snaps. Did you play against against the uh, Niners?
3: Yeah, I played uh, just that first series. so steps.
4: What's it What's it like to get back out there?
3: Oh, uh, it's great. I mean, that's a great feeling uh, after everything I've been through to be able to go back out there and play football uh, professionally, it's a really special deal.
4: Welcome back. Obviously, a huge part of what the Cowboys do and want to do this season. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Travis Frederick back. Fox Sports
5: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
4: live. All right, Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, checking in with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as uh, the guys have already had their walkthroughs, their showers, now probably some meetings, and then afternoon practice. Leighton, how are you? I'm
7: doing great. How
4: are you guys doing? We're uh, re- really, really good. Um, what's this camp like in comparison to last year? Uh, this camp, I would say, uh, I mean,
7: everything's more familiar. Um, just being out there being used to everything, not having to learn the playbook and everything uh, makes it a lot easier um, just being able to go out there and cut it loose and and start working on other parts of your game
4: um, it's interesting because you know last, last year everyone knew that you could be in in the position you're in Was there a moment for you where you're like oh yeah this i'm I'm good here I'm confident. was was there the moment of confidence of belonging at any point that you remember
7: um I was always confident in myself from from the get go, but um, I would say really, um, just as a, as the season started, and I was really getting reps, um, especially when Sean went down. Um, just I was gaining confidence like like crazy, um, game in and game out and just taking things slowly taking things one day at a time not getting too far ahead of myself and just just trusting my instincts trusting my abilities how was Sean to you Sean was Sean's been awesome the whole entire process uh he's been phenomenal um, I mean he's like a big brother to me and he's always he's always helping me always giving me little cheats hints here and there um always just always just trying to help me on my game what's
4: that like though I mean for a guy who like Look, you're kind of brought in to take his job, right? I mean, you're you're brought in to be what he has been. And look, he's had the unfortunate run of injuries like he had last year at previous mm-hmm. times. But what's that like to be a young guy? You walk in, here's this older dude, and you're, and all of a sudden he's helping you out, and he's helping you get better.
7: That just shows what 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 kind of caliber of guy he is, and the respect that he has for his teammates, his coaches, and the game of football. Um, you can't you can't teach that. And the amount of heart that that guy has—I um, mean, everybody would go to everybody would go to war with him and, and for him, no matter what. So, um, I mean, I have I have the most respect possible that I could for for a guy like that, and and I mean, uh, I'm just trying to give back give back to, to him um, using what he has to tell me on the field and, and to show him that I'm going to go out there and, and, uh, and that he can trust me to do my job and trust me to, to fill in, in his spot if he needs me to.
4: Lane is joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio Live at Dallas Cowboys Camp. Have you matched up with Witten yet?
7: I have, yeah, yeah, a few times now. Um, it's crazy. Every time I line up against him, it's like uh, who would have thought uh, that this would, it would be like this one day. Um, but I mean it's it just it just shows you not to take anything for granted and that is pretty special that you get to actually line up against a guy like that, um, and practice and practice against a guy of his caliber as well. How how's he running? Oh, he's just as good as ever. Um, uh, he, he knows how to run a route. He's he's really he's really smart with everything he does, disguises everything. Um that I mean, the dude, the dude knows the ins and outs of football, so uh, he knows what works and what doesn't.
4: Yeah, that, it's interesting you point that out because there's something the same for you, right? Like you're a crazy athlete, like you're off the charts athlete. So there's the athleticism and there's the football IQ. and You've always had a good football IQ, but you need to play in the NFL. And like you said, this year in camp, you're comfortable in the system. You don't have to learn. So there's that moment where it, it kind of it kind of matches up. And even though you could run to make every play, now you know that. The, the cheat steps right now mm-hmm. you know the cheat codes if if, if yep. you if you will um how close are you to that spot
7: um it's you're never you're never always at that spot you're always improving that's the thing there's always more that you can know there's always more that you can get familiar with and prepare for um every single every single game week um you're never there you've never made it. Um, like I said, just keep harping on on constant improvement, um, getting better every single chance you get. Just keep adding to that to that mental uh, intelligence box that you have with the game of football. You
4: know, it's fascinating that this team's offense gets discussed a ton, mostly because the, con- con- uh, the, the contract situation of a couple of guys. But you play with Jalen, obviously Byron, yourself. Some of the, it's a young, really, really talented defense. Mm-hmm. How do you guys collectively handle the fact that? It does feel like the offense gets talked about a lot, and look, I've talked to Tony Romo about this. He's like, "Look, you want to track teams that are going to, ma- you know, making the Super Bowl? Got to have top ten defense. Doesn't matter how good we were on offense." But how does look? There's egos in that room. How do you handle the fact that in the preseason, at least, people have only talked offense?
7: I like it when people don't talk about us. Um, I mean, uh, it keeps us quiet, and I mean, we just go out there and do our job. Uh, we're not flashy. Uh, we just love playing football. We got a young group, like you said. And we love playing football with each other, flying around, making plays. So, um, I mean, the less that people talk about us, the better, I think, in my opinion. How many snaps did you get against the Niners? 11. Did you get to hit somebody? Yeah. What's that? Who, who? Do you know who it was? Uh, it was one of their tight ends and one of their running backs. Um, I don't know the names. What's the feeling
4: like of the first hit of an opponent of the year?
7: Um, I mean, you gotta you gotta knock some rust off. That's for sure. Um, and the way I look at it, I mean, if you're gonna miss tackles, you going to miss them now. Uh, so I mean, so, it, so you it's missed con- some tackles? Is what I you're missed saying? my first tackle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, and obviously, I it irritates me a lot when uh, I miss a tackle. I take a lot of pride in, in being a sure tackler. So, um, just knocking the rust off and and getting those game reps is important.
4: Okay, it sounds like you've watched the film. It sounds like you're still ticked about it. Give me the play. Give me what happened. How'd you miss the tackle?
7: Um. They were in an inside zone, and I fit my gap, fell back to the B gap, and I had him in my arms, and I just didn't make tackle. That was literally it. So you didn't make contact.
4: You didn't wrap up? Did he uh, high-knee you?
7: No. uh, He kind of just brushed me off. Um, I think I just didn't fit it as hard as I should have fit it, um, obviously. When you say fit it, what do you mean? like go in there yeah. like as hard as I should yeah, to really um, pl- and like expect because expect, expect, like I was expecting to make the play in my gap but he kind of bounced a different gap so I just fit that one for it and uh, he kind of just brushed me off uh, I had him in my arms and I just didn't wrap up good enough
3: alright
4: I mean like look like you said it's better to do it then yep. than, than, <laughs> than, than, than do it Um you're going to Hawaii right? yep you been? I haven't Uh okay you're gonna like I mean you, know, you guys are only there for a short period of time yeah have you surfed here? no why not uh, I just haven't had a chance I mean listen it's not not that far to get aboard you gotta you, you gotta <laughs> you gotta hit a wave at some point
7: I uh, probably will sooner or later eventually but
4: uh, probably not in the, not in the in the near future um we've watched some of hard knocks they got they have one particular rookie who uh, I think comes across a little bit annoying. I don't know. And I'm just wondering if there's any <laughs> annoying rookies that you'd like to, like to share, you'd
7: like to call out on national radio. Um, no, uh, I think we got a, we got a good young group, um, obviously. I mean, the whole team's young. So, uh, I mean, I feel like we bond really well.
4: Yeah, no, it's an, it's an amazing group. Um, it, to, to us in the media, there's a lot of talk about Miami, that, that Miami is a focus of the front office. Do you guys talk about that a lot?
7: Um, No. I mean, we focus on ourselves. We focus on uh, just doing our jobs, um, getting better at what and and getting better at every single area that we can uh, and focus on what we can control. Um, Just limiting the outside noise and and everything and just doing us.
4: Well, listen, congrats on doing you last year. Hopefully no more missed tackles in the upcoming preseason. (laughs) But uh, thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Lane Vanderas joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure
5: to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.